Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom He died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the Scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the Word of God regardless of who gets offended or not. In Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Israel and the oracles of God. Let's talk about Israel, the unique nation, the one nation of Israel that God formed, beginning with a man named Abraham in the latter verses of Genesis 11 and into chapter 12, where God called him out to go into a land that he didn't even know existed. And so by faith, Abraham obeyed God as is recounted in Hebrews 11. Notice in Deuteronomy chapter 4 beginning in verse 1. And this is after God led his people miraculously out of the bondage of Egypt through the Red Sea and intended to bring them into the promised land. Notice chapter 4, verse 1 of Deuteronomy. What a chapter. I'll tell you what, I want to encourage you to get into this chapter, saints. Now, therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. Notice the oracles, the judgments. Notice here, now therefore hearken, O Israel, God's people. In fact, Galatians 6.16 says that the body of Christ is the Israel of God. So he says, hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes, the written instructions of God, the precepts, the doctrines, and unto the judgments, which I teach you for to do them. And what happens if you're a doer of the word of God? Listen to this, that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. Now, right there in that verse, we see that a man can only live by the bread alone, the bread of heaven, that is, which is every word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, natural bread, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We must have the word of God. It is our life that you may live. So if you obey the statutes and the judgments, the words of God, you will live. You will go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. Now, this speaks to they were already God's people. So initial salvation, and that is typified in the crossing of the Red Sea. And notice there is also final salvation. You'll only have eternal life if you endure to the end is clearly inferred here. He's telling his own people to obey the word that you may live and go in and possess the land, that's heaven, the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. Now, in light of this biblical truth, it's quite amazing how some people can still, deliberately they do, believe in this once saved, always saved, eternal security fairy tale, which is the trap of Satan to cause them not to obey God in this life, and therefore not to go in and possess the land of eternal glory. They will be like the five foolish virgins in Jesus' parable in Matthew 25, 1-3. 
2.13, that we're shut out of the eternal bridal chamber, and they're going to hear the words, Depart from me, ye cursed in the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, Matthew 25, 40 or 41. So Moses, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, speaks of the written word of God and how those who obey it will live, will have life with Christ, and they will go in, and as they endure to the end, they will possess the land of eternal glory. Notice verse 2. By the way, before I proceed from there, notice Israel is a unique nation that God formed. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. Isaiah, I believe that's 43. 321 maybe. This is a unique people in all the earth and in all history. Notice Paul, Romans 3, 1 and following. He says, what advantage then hath the Jew? What advantage do the Jewish people have? Or what profit is there in circumcision? Much every way, chiefly, because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Notice, it was unto the Jews that the oracles, the written words of God, were committed, as we're reading here concerning in Deuteronomy chapter 4. So God gave his word to one people. These were Jewish men, over 40 men, and to his people were they given. And that is huge right there, that alone, for the world. They are a testimony to the world. The fact that the Jewish people are not extinguished but are plentiful in the earth today alone is a absolute miracle because they have been the target of Satan throughout the generations and millenniums of mankind's existence and history for 6,000 years. Much every way, chiefly because under them, under the Jews, were committed the oracles of God for what if some did not believe? That is, after reading the oracles, the word of God, shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid, Paul answers his own question. Yea, let God be true and every man a liar. Every man who does not believe the message of God in these oracles is accursed. And we are to let God be true and every man a liar. Anyone who does not believe the word of God proves himself to be a child of the devil deliberately and a liar. And so here in verse two, back to our main text in Deuteronomy four, he says this of the oracles of, of God. This is also spoken of right at the end of the Bible in Revelation 22, 18 and 19. He says, "Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, or neither shall you take away from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Now God fully intends for his people to never add to or take away from his word, but to hear it, listen to it, never change it, and just simply obey it. Now, let's see, I was going to read to you the passage in Revelation chapter 22, and this little Bible software can be tricky. Maybe it's user error. What do you think? Here we go. For I testify, John writes, to every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. Isn't it interesting? This is in the closing of the Bible, the closing verses. So he says, I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away, see, same thing Moses is saying, and if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. 
So anyone who adds to or takes away from the Word of God is going to have the plagues of Revelation. He's going to receive them, and they are horrible. If you've read Revelation, you know that. One of them includes a lake of fire. Also, he's going to have his name removed from the book of life. Now, it's very self-evident that God takes it a great offense at anyone who adds to or takes away from his words. Remember, again, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word, every single word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is why it's utterly befuddling that people can look upon those who defend the real word of God and expose the counterfeits as being crazy people. That's how crazy they actually are, that they somehow believe that man can manipulate God's word, that God did not preserve his word. So he lied to us because he promised that he was going to preserve it to every gen- all generations. Psalm chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. And yet they look at me and others like me who say the King James Bible is clearly the preserved word of God. It can't be otherwise because it differs from and it comes from the aggregate manuscripts the received text, the intact writings that were preserved, and differs from the almost all of the new versions, specifically by the hand of Satan, come from the perverted manuscripts. If you trace the history, you'll see that two godless perverts named Westcott and Hort didn't like what the Word of God said, so they changed it. And isn't it interesting that the new versions come out of those manuscripts, and you've got these people claiming to be preachers and Christians that defend that, unbelievably defend that. They have no fear of God. I don't care how good of a Bible teacher they pretend to be or they even come off as being. These guys are frauds, man. You got to be kidding me. You don't even need manuscript history. Look at them side by side. Ask them. And let me ask you right now, because we got a mixed audience that listens to these messages. Where is Matthew 17, 21? You know, they always say, and Trump says, where's Hunter? I'm saying, hey, where's Matthew 17, 21? I'm asking you a question in that little fake Bible, so-called, that you read and defend. Where is it? Where are the words of Jesus in Matthew 17, 21 on record in the original gospel of Matthew? I've got an interlinear Bible. It's there. I've checked. Why was that removed? Boom. It only takes one verse. God said you don't remove a jot or a tittle. Nothing. He gave no man the permission to change his word and to tell people what they believe he really meant. That's where all of this, these new so-called Bibles or garbage emanate from, the evil hearts of wicked, wicked men. And a lot of those headed up these so-called Bible societies and are professors of our day. These men are absolutely demonic. You don't ever change God's word. And if you do, the sentence of death is upon you. Your name is written in hell and removed from the book of life. Absolute guarantee. God is very severe about that. Verse 2, Deuteronomy 4, you shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. The statutes here he speaks about in verse 1. The written word of God, the laws which concern the worship and service or serving of God. That's what these statutes are. The judgments are the laws concerning your duties to men. So these two comprehend both 
both tables, the whole of the law. The first table is the first five commandments of the ten, and they're vertical, they're upward to God, at least the first four. And then the second are our duties in serving man. And this is consistent with exactly what Jesus said when he said, you know, the whole law is summed up in two commandments, right? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There it is. The Ten Commandments absolutely stated in one statement. Oh, two. You shall love the Lord. You shall love your neighbor. Notice it never says love yourself. Anybody teaching that is a heretic. That's psychobabble. That's Luciferianism. The one who loved himself so much. And what happened to him? He was kicked out of heaven. And you're going to be kicked out of God's kingdom if you love yourself instead of loving God and others above yourself. Philippians 2, 3 through 5. Satan loves himself. Isaiah 14, 12 through 15. He is the king of self-love. So to say that anyone teaching that is demonic is absolutely biblically correct. So we're not to add to these statutes and these judgments, are we? No. You shall not add unto the word, which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught, or you shall not diminish or take away from it. Neither shall you diminish aught from it that you, in other words, shut up and hear the word of God. You don't have a say-so in it. It's non-negotiable. It's God's word, not yours. At this point, let me say this. You know, for years, for decades, in fact, when I was a younger believer doing some ministry with a pastor, he used to always like to say, my Bible says, I don't know, he might have been well-meaning. I'm not really judging him, but I am judging that statement. And I believe we need to be careful. My Bible says, that sounds so self-righteous and so childish. My Bible says, now some people don't say it with that inflection or intent, I'm sure. But I think we should remain free from that. That kind of statement because it's not your Bible or it's not your word. It's God's word, not your word or my word. We need to humble ourselves in the fear of the Lord on this one, I believe, and stop using that terminology. You know, whenever I'm in a discussion with somebody and we disagree on something, recently one guy said, well, my Bible said, you know, the self-righteousness was just the elephant in the room. I mean, it was just all over that situation. And this man was called out on that. And I hope that he will take heed to the Lord concerning that matter. Again, it's not your your word. It's God's word. All right. So don't remove or add to notice. And here's why that you may keep the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I command you. Now, there's a lot in that statement in this context, because there are those who are reading. There's people listening to me right now that are reading and even have been warned and don't have enough fear of God to cut off, you know, that lay the ax to the root and get rid of that filthy NIV. You got to be kidding me. It's a not inspired version. N-A-S-B, North American sinner Bible. Those are good for only throwing in a fire and burning that trash and denouncing them and asking God to forgive you forever reading that filth. Well, so what has happened there? Well, people have added to and taken away Matthew 7. Where is Matthew 17, 21? Huh? Where's the second half of Romans 8, 1? I'm sorry, where did it go? One more question. Where's the blood in Colossians 1.14 in those filthy fake Bibles? Where is it? Where is the blood, the blood of Jesus in Colossians chapter 1 verse 14? Boom. If you got a little bit of the fear of God, if you see on these three counts alone, and this isn't even, this is not even scratching the surface of the perversion, the thousands of change verses in these perverse so-called, just because they slap the words Holy Bible on something, on a book that's thick and leather covered, does not make it the Bible, the Word of God. Why? Because it's been added to and taken away. I know I was caught up with the same thing when the Lord first saved me for about the first, what, nine months or year or something. And then finally, accidentally, or I should say, 
by the hand of God, but with no man telling. We were discussing Romans 8, and we discovered in a group, you know, that this NASB, North American Sinner Bible, Romans 8, 1 was chopped in half. Well, it was taken from the same manuscript as the NIV and most of these, if not all, of these false versions of the Bible. And so that had been cut out. Notice the verse says in Romans 8, 1, speaking of being able to keep the commandments of the Lord your God. If they're not there, and they're not there in these new versions, and they're changed in these new versions, you can't do that. Notice Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now that's what where the new versions stop. And so that's why this just plays into the once saved, always. I'm in Christ. I got saved when I was 12. But that's not all it really says. God said this. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Boom. There is two conditions here. You got to be saved into Christ. You got to be born again. You got to repent and receive Christ. That's initial salvation. And from there forward to the end of your life, you must walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. That one verse of this glorious passage in Romans 8, 1 through like 15, is speak. That was a thesis statement of Paul and the Holy Spirit for the next like 15 verses concerning walking in the flesh, walking in the spirit. You that are in Christ must continue to walk in the Spirit. And by the Spirit of God, you're able to mortify the deeds of the body and be led by the Spirit. Verse 13 and 14 right there. So that was man, demonically inspired men who corrupted God's Word. That's just one example in Romans 8, 1, and chopped the verse in half. Absolutely unthinkable that somebody calling themselves a believer in Jesus Christ can still read a so-called Bible that has done this. Go check your so-called Bible. I can tell you with little exception, the King James is the preserved Word of God. All of these other fake Bibles are going to have cut that one in half. Oh, and sometimes these frauds will put something in the margin and say, well, half of this verse was removed or something like that, or earlier manuscripts did not include this. That is a lie. But it's in the Bible in the margin, so it's got to be true, right? People are so gullible. That's no different than saying, I saw it on TV you know, finger up their nose. So it has to be true. I have to wear a mask. Unbelievable gullibility. You know, common sense is not very common anymore, unfortunately. Discern, saints, discern. Discern correctly according to the whole and pure Word of God. So how are people going to be able to keep the commandments of God if they've been taken away or added to? Well, that's what he's saying here. You don't add to or take away so that you're able to keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. There's a lot of people walking in a false walk. They're walking with notions and things, philosophies in their mind that did not come from the original gospel, from the word, the real word of God. They're in trouble. They're walking on some of the terms other than that which God stated, the standard of the word of God. And this has all been peddled through the decades. Apostasy in the whole of that which calls itself the church has been happening for decades, long before we were even born. People don't realize that. If you don't think that there is a being and many of his agents who have your demise in mind, you are a most naive individual, my friend. Jesus warned us through his apostle Paul not to be ignorant of his devices, Satan's devices specifically. 2 Corinthians 2.11. The apostle Peter says to be sober, be vigilant, to be sober, sober sober-minded, to be sober, to be vigilant because you're 
adversary, your enemy, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Okay, he's aggressive in this thing here. In fact, the Bible says in Revelation 12, 11, the apostle John tells us that Satan has come down with, actually verse 12, with great wrath, knowing that he has but a short time. So verse 3, Deuteronomy 4, as we continue in this little passage here, your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baal Peor, the idolatry of some of his people. For all the men that followed Baal Peor, the Lord thy God hath destroyed them from among us. Notice, those who followed Baal Peor were destroyed from among the people of God. There was a removing of the tares from the wheat. So the heresy of Baal Peor is actually recorded in Numbers 25. This is another chapter in the Bible, friends, is of utmost importance and instruction to us today. Remember, Paul said whatsoever things were written aforetime, that is in the Old Testament scriptures, were written for our learning that we through patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Romans chapter 15 verse 4 in Numbers 25 we see where the children of Israel, a place called Shittim, began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. They bowed down to their gods. They removed themselves from obedience to the word of God, which is what exactly what we're talking about here in the words of Deuteronomy chapter 4, where we're to keep the instructions of the Lord. Remember, Keeping those instructions, and especially to Israel, would mean having no other gods before you, setting up no other gods before you. And the way we do that now is not so much as bow down to a statue as much as it would be to concoct the image of a false god erected in our minds, in our imagination, through false Bible versions, through false doctrine, etc. Let me encourage you, friend, to study the Bible yourself and do it in a hot manner, a hot H-O-T, honestly, organically, and thoroughly. H-O-T. We've got some post on the website about studying the Bible. We need to do it honestly. We need to do it organically. Okay, Without the voices of men, without the people adding to. See, those in ministry are to read the scriptures and give the sense of them. Nehemiah 8.8. We're to give the sense of the scriptures, not add to or take away from the scriptures. But you individually, friend, have got to learn of God. Paul spoke of those who were taught of God, quote unquote. Are you being taught of God or men? And I can tell you this, you're not being taught of God in a pure fashion if you are not in the Word of God yourself. See, a lot of ministries are set up to get you to come back to them. They don't want to get you in the Word. They're more interested in getting you to come back to them and being a return customer because they're building their own kingdoms. Most people don't know that, and a lot of these guys are real slick about it, especially they go unforced. They go undetected, if you will, by younger believers because younger believers don't have the life experience with the Word of God, Hebrews 5, 14, having their senses, even their senses exercised to discern both good and evil by reason of use, that is, of the Word of God. And that's not their fault so much, although they're totally responsible. But their youngness in Christ and lack of experience is not necessarily their fault, is what I'm saying there. But we've got to pray for discernment, folks, and get our discernment away. Every man's fruit, especially his doctrine, in the light of Scripture, just like the Bereans did when Paul preached to them, right? Acts 17, 10, and 11, when they searched the Scriptures daily to see whether or not those things Paul was teaching were true or false. They didn't just say, oh, this is the Apostle Paul. Wow, we're going to believe everything he says based on who he is. No, no. The final authority of God is 
is the word of God. That's the more sure word of prophecy. It's even more divinely sure and authoritative than the actual voice of the Heavenly Father speaking from heaven audibly. Now, somebody might say, are you serious? That's blasphemous. No, it's not. That's actually what the Bible says. Second Peter 1, start in verse 12, go through 21, the end of the chapter. Second Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 12. Go read it. That revelation will rock your world. That's not my revelation. That's God's revelation. All right. Without going into any more detail, you pray about it and study that passage and you will see it there in Second Peter 1. So the children of Israel, they bow down to the gods of this heathen nation, forsaking the Lord, who said, you shall have no other gods before me. That's his first commandment. And I believe it was how many of them were killed. There was a whole lot of them that died. Yeah, 20 and 4,000 died. Okay, and it was only stopped by a guy named Phineas, a hero, a blessed brother in Christ. And he speared because this false doctrine of this heathen nation led to complete fornication right in the middle of the camp. And Phineas drove a spear through the back of the Hebrew man who had rebelled, forsaken God, and through the belly of the heathen woman. You see, following anything but the Word of God always leads to an ungodly life. The root determines the fruit. I want you to read that chapter, Numbers 25, and that's exactly what Moses is referring here and recounting. He says, verse 3, Deuteronomy 4, back to our main text, your eyes have seen, they saw what the Lord did because of Baal Peor. He killed 24,000 Israelites for this rebellion. He separated those evildoers from the wheat, tares from the wheat. For all the men that followed Baal Peor, all of them were killed. The Lord thy God hath destroyed them from among you. For those who follow doctrine will live an immoral life. In other words, let's give an example and a very obvious one, this eternal security. I'm eternally secure in Christ. I basically, I have no further responsibility to walk with Jesus, to abide in Christ, and to obey God. Because I'm once saved, always saved. Right? Wrong. And what does that lead to? I've interviewed people that no longer believe that demonic heresy, which started in the Garden of Eden, Genesis is 217 and 34 clearly reveal. And they talk about how it just removed all fear of God when they believe that, when they were told that by these false teachers. Anybody teaching once saved, always saved, is teaching a doctrine of devils, the very first one in the Bible that led to the fall of mankind. It's leading to the fall of many today who were once saved. There's millions in hell who at one end of earth life saved, but then they were told this lie that led to their ultimate demise, their eternal suffering in the bowels of eternal damnation in hell. This is exactly what we see. In fact, we got a book on this, details this, and goes into great length biblically on this topic called Lie of the Ages. It is a 730-page blockbuster. I highly recommend you read it. You can get it on Amazon or on safeguardyoursoul.com. And while we're at it, friends, I want to encourage you to pray for the ministry and pray that God would cause us to be fruitful and consider signing up for a monthly love offering to help us get Bibles, King James Bibles, in the hands of prisoners, in the hands of people doing ministry all over the nation and world, going into prisons, and we're dropping them straight in there through the mail and locally and all kinds of locales all over the nation and world that we're sending these Bibles to and also some of the scripture-rich book, which you can see on the store page on safeguardyoursoul.com. Thank you. Verse 4, Deuteronomy 4, but ye 
that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive every one of you this day. Incredible. There it is. And what did they do? They cleave to the Lord according to his word that was not diminished like these new versions are. You see, if, if you're one of these people that justifies reading these new versions, because it's always been the Bible you've read, you got some ridiculous little sentimental reason why you're attached to this little fake Bible. It's because you don't fear God. I'm not playing with this stuff. I'm not going to soft pedal this. It's a lie. And it's time for you to lay the axe to the root in repentance and in the holy fear of God, crying out to him on your face before him in humility and denouncing your sins of liking something and feeling an affinity to something that's an abomination to him. That means you don't fear him. You don't fear God at all. You live for what pleases you. Notice chapter four of the book of James. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you. So what happened? Well, the word of God was changed and it was replaced and it was disobeyed and pure. And therefore, 24,000 men who did such actually were killed and went straight to hell and are still there now, thousands of years later, consciously suffering. And by the way, there will be no release date from the prison of fire. Verse 4, Deuteronomy 4. I mean, we have, we're only in the fourth verse. We're going to wrap it up here soon. But I'm telling you, you need to read this text. The importance of the Word of God is so vital. It's underscored here. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive every one of you this day. That is, you cleave to him based on what he said. You did not forsake what instructions he gave you. And his statutes and his judgments concerning loving him and loving your neighbor. Therefore, you are alive. Notice you have life, eternal life. Every one of you this day, all of those who obey God's word, enduring to the end, obeying God's word and nothing else, not bowing down to another God, just like Daniel and the three Hebrew children did not bow down to the king, which is the type of the coming Antichrist, Nebuchadnezzar. And God preserved them even in the fire. Not one hair was even singed from their body. And Jesus was with them and he's going to be with us because he will never leave us or forsake us. And that is pertaining specifically to those who are going to stay with him. If you forsake him, he will forsake you. Second Chronicles 15, 2. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Second Timothy 2, 12. That's Bible. That's verbatim. Quote it. Go look for it. That's why I give you the reference on these things. Go look at it yourself. This brother's making stuff up. No, he's not. Go look at it. If I am, I'll be called on the carpet and change it and delete this message and any other message I lied in. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Second Timothy 2, 12. So he's not always going to be with those who are denying him. He's going to deny you. That doesn't mean he wants to, but you chose your way. Just like the 24,000 men who chose to do things their own way instead of the way of God, trusting in him according to his word, according to his statutes and judgment, which are not to be changed. So do you see, do you begin to see the big problem and the trouble that people are in by reading these false versions? That they're in big trouble. They're not walking according to the pure word of God. Every word of God is pure unless it's been molested like it has in these new versions. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield or a protection to them that trust him. That is Proverbs 30, verse 5 and 6. If any man adds so it takes away, he's going to be found a liar. There in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5 and 6. Do we want to be called or found to be a liar? Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Why? Because every one of his words is pure. It's not to be tampered with or poisoned. It's pure. 
It's not to be added to or taken away. It's pure. God gave no man permission to add to or touch or tamper with or take away from his word. And any man who has done that is going to receive the severest of judgments pronounced in the Bible. You're going to receive the plagues of Revelation, all of them. And you're also going to have your name removed from the book of life. That's how serious God is about his word being kept intact, preserved as he promised to do in the 12th chapter of the book of Psalms, where he said he would preserve his word. Let's read that in Psalm chapter 12, verse 6 and 7 says, The words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. He promised to preserve his word. It's very clear that he has done that in the King James Bible for the English-speaking people, that is. And out of the aggregate manuscripts that agree, 98% of them agree. It's only a few that have been perverted, and interestingly enough, and demonically, if you will. They are the perverted copies of the manuscripts manuscripts are those intentionally used by Satan's children who have made all these false Bibles through the decades. It goes way back, but especially since the 60s, it's new Bible. You know, nowadays you got a new Bible coming out every month. It's laughable. And so don't acquiesce to it. That's another set of statutes. It's not the pure word of God. It's poisoned. There's poison in those ponds. They might be easier to read like a little fairy tale, but they're not the word of God. How in the world can you see one corruption, three of which specifically I pointed out earlier. I want you to look those up and somehow have, you know, a piece reading those Bibles, any word in those Bibles. I don't understand that. I don't believe you fear God at all. You can get mad at me all you want. I'm trying to help you. But you did cleave those that were preserved and kept alive, did cleave those of the people of God here unto the Lord your God. And how did you do that? They did it through the Word of God. Okay, they obeyed the Word of God, the pure Word of God, not having diminished aught from it or added to it. Remember, Jesus said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. And the Word of God is the will of God. And these 24,000 Israelites, these formerly people of God that were killed, they did not obey the will, the Word of God. They obeyed the temptation of Satan and the dictates of their sinful flesh, and therefore they perished. And so will all who do such. James one twenty two says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive. There it is. It's easy to just read over this just so fast and not catch these things. Notice, but if you cleave to the Lord, you're going to be kept alive forever and as long as you obey God. It is a condition. The Calvinists and the people whose minds have been poisoned with this eternal security, poison, heresy, they don't like anything that has to do with personal responsibility. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe you're saying there's conditions. They're all over the Bible. To be saved initially, you got to receive Christ. Okay, you got to repent. Faith, repentance, receiving Christ, that's all a condition. Or you're not going to be saved. God gives you the choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. John 1, 12, as many as what? Received him. He gave them the power to become the sons of God. Hello, they were born of God, those that received him. John 1, 12 and 13, Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Let me just say this, friends. There is a God and you're not him. You humble yourself and obey him or you will perish and he will be justified in damning your eternal soul. You are a rebel. You're all about you not him. And God's calling you to repent, to go on a fast, to shut your mouth, humble yourself and obey him. Or you're going to hell. That's how it is. Don't like it? Too bad. Verse 5, Deuteronomy 4, Behold, 
I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, says Moses, that you should do so in the land whither you go to possess it. Keep, therefore, and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations. There it is. The people of God are a testimony to the whole world. And that's why today people have been saved because they witnessed the goodness and the blessing of God and the obedient children of God. That's why I'm saved today. And I know many of you could say the same thing. Keep, therefore, and do them. That is the words of God that are undiminished, nothing taken away, nothing added to. For this is your wisdom and your understanding and the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. That right there is the Jewish people when they're obeying God and the body of Christ, most of all now, made up of Jews and Gentiles. We are a testimony to those nations of the people around us that do not yet know the Lord. That's that light on the hill. That's to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Matthew 5, 16. Deuteronomy 4, 7. Here we go. Finishing up this passage and closing this message soon. For what nation is there so great? Who hath God so high unto them as the Lord? Notice they have God high and lifted up. That's a choice. Do it. Obey God in that matter. Worship him. Follow Jesus. For what nation is there so great who hath God so nigh unto them? I said high. It's nigh. So close. Nigh unto them. As the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for. Verse 8. And what nation is there so great that hath statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law, which I set before you this day. Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligent, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thine heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons, especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that thou they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth. Interesting. God tells us one of the reasons why he gave us his word, why you and I have a Bible in tangible form today, the preserved word of God, is that we may learn to fear God and not only learn to fear him, but do it all the days that we live upon the earth. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. Friends, this is just absolutely a magnificent chapter chapter. I want you to study this chapter. I want you to get into it and it will get into you. When you wake up in the morning, you should be relishing and devouring and going over the word of God, getting it into your spirit and your mind through the eye gates and through the faculties of your mind. Remember, you and I without Christ, who is the light, are full of darkness. But the Bible says in Psalm 119, 130, that the entrance, the entering in of the words of God bringeth light. We need to light of God, the floodlight of his beautiful truth and word shining through our eye gates every morning. doesn't matter what you feel like. If you serve God based on your feelings, you don't serve God, you serve self. 
repent, be militant and deliberate and absolute about your serving of God. You are not serving self ever. You're serving God. Acts to the root, go on a fast, break up your fallow ground, sow not among thorns, for it is time to seek the Lord until he come and rain righteousness upon you, friend. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. Thank you for listening, friends. God bless you. And I hope you'll avail yourself to all the rich, scripture-rich resources on safeguardyoursoul.com. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several, many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.